on Sunday today, we're on time oh there's someone at my doorbell I hope my housemate goes and gets her I'm not in the mood for visitors right now but I am in the mood to read you poetry and talk about things so we'll do that instead saviour of the ghastly. He is not a guiding light back to salvation. The truth is, forgiveness is never free, but you can't buy it. And the road to redemption is drowned in darkness. You can't recite Bible verses to get into heaven, because a clean soul is not a reward for good memory in a projected voice. Salvation is not an exam, silly boy. It's not a sprint when the world is closing in and you need to rehab your image. It's forever, forever proving that you're better than you were the day before. And you have to mean it because, I mean, (laughs) he's like Santa on steroids. This guy sees everything. God is not a replacement for taking accountability. God is not a replacement for repairing the damage that you did bloody hands will never truly be clean and you can't stop the tears you prompted by praying and begging a bloke you just started believing in your hands may never be clean again but you can keep them to yourself your mouth may never speak pure words but it can apologize god will never return your calls until you make things right with his children So I wrote that about one specific person, but I feel like it applies to a lot of people. Um, I wrote that it's called God Hates Joey Ryan. I just talked to God this morning and he told me it's true. (laughs) So um, for those that don't know, um, Joey Ryan was a professional wrestler and his whole character, his whole shtick was basically about his penis which is weird and grim and I don't really understand why that wasn't confronted a while ago but be that as it may um over the summer there was a movement in professional wrestling called speaking out um where a number of people came forward and spoke about times that they had been sexually assaulted, sexually harassed, um, bullied, uh, in some cases raped by men in the wrestling industry. Um, There were some accusations towards women as well. Um, And there were a huge number of allegations towards Joey Ryan. Um, A number of people came forward with allegations about him and his initial response was just deleting his social media and not saying anything. Um, He then released a statement um, where he he claimed he'd been thinking hard about how to respond to everything and and all that and then he said that he'd been speaking with a lawyer who told him not to respond to anything specifically um and then he talked about let's see 
uh, he and his wife had separated and the separation was really hard on him and he looked at himself and he wasn't proud of what he saw and he's been to counselling and all the basically a bunch of excuses but not actually admitting to anything at all um and then more accusations came forward about him um trying to make sure i get the timeline right here then he did a video which was like an hour long where he addressed every allegation and basically said you know not me governor it it was weird as fuck um and then he said his therapist had told him to take a break from social media um he wasn't taking legal action so he was going to address the allegations in a video um it was uh, it was really grim shit but there's more grim shit to come um but he basically he put uh, you know pretty much all the blame and the responsibility onto everybody who had come forward and said oh I thought you know I, I didn't I didn't do anything wrong it was all hers none of this is my fault um it was it was very grim and not very believable at all um then he sued his former employer because he was uh, fired from Impact Wrestling as a result of the allegations against him. Um, so he sued them, and now he's suing a number of people that accused him in the first place. And then that brings us to now. He is essentially trying to rehab his social media, rehab his image, and try and make himself look super fucking wholesome. And I've had enough. I'm sick at this shit. He's up here, like, posting videos of him with his cat watching Christmas films. He's talking about how he's helping out with toy drives. And it's like, okay. And the one thing that he's posting a lot of, like, loads and loads. This is his bio on Twitter right now. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. This shit is ludicrous. And he's he's retweeting Bible quotes every five seconds. And he's going to this church in LA. Um, you know, it's one of those churches that tries really hard to be trendy and has loads of like influencers that go to it. And frankly, I find those things kind of cringe. Maybe it's because I'm a Catholic and I like my religion with a side of suffering. But anyways... Um, and of course he's turned off like all replies to his tweets which is interesting Um, but yeah he's just thrown himself into I'm a Christian now I do lots of charity now I'm a good person so stop talking about all those things that I have done to these girls fuck you man fuck off this bitch really thinks he can post a couple bible verses on social media and go to some trendy lame little hipster church and do one or two things for charity and everyone's just gonna forget i think the fuck not i think the fuck not you little bitch is what i think i'm sick of this let me tell you Right, there is this idea that having religion makes you a good person. And I want to say straight up right now, no. (laughs) I mean, obviously there's people like him who are faking it to try and rehabilitate themselves. But there are also people who who genuinely, like, you know, they've been religious their whole lives or whatever. It doesn't make you a good person. You can be religious and still be a bad person this man is proof of this uh jacob breeze mog is proof of this like there are tons of people throughout history that have been religious and have also been horrible fucking people that are evil and are 100 percent going to hell um just like you know like atheists the majority of atheists are wonderful good people 
you don't need religion to make you a good person and if you latch onto religion when people think you're a bad person then it's very obvious that you're trying to do it to prove you're good but you're not (laughs) like it's ludicrous um you know like I said like most atheists are good people like obviously there'll be the odd few that are bad people but that's not because they're atheists it's just because they're a bad person at their core um lack of religious belief does not make you a bad person it's who you are as a person that makes you a good or a bad person like that's it you know it doesn't matter if you if you go to church if you don't go to church if you um if if you pray if you don't pray none of that is an indication of who you are and none of that is who you are not really and this man is using religion as a shield he's trying to pretend that he's a good person now and you can't hold him accountable and you can't call him out for the things that he may have done because he goes to church now and he's redeemed and he went to therapy go fuck yourself i i'm on his twitter now and he's like retweeting stuff about cancel culture as well i i often find a lot of people that are angry about cancel culture are often people that are just held to account for their own actions and so they get uppity about it and and so they try and pretend that like you know being cancelled is like a thing it's not really not really i mean i mean this is a guy who still has like hundreds of thousands of followers he still has a working and functioning patron account where people are paying dollars lots and lots of dollars he still has posts every every now and again he's still earning money from people this is not a cancelled man this is a man who is held accountable for his actions his former employer doesn't have to keep employing him um especially with all the stuff that came out people don't have to work with him if they don't want to what happened is the consequences of your actions hon that's what happened and god's not going to save you from that God's probably up there like, "Mm, who is this man? He needs to take my name out of his motherfucking mouth. I don't like this. Can we smite this guy? mm, I'm not having a good time. When he gets up here, we're sending him right down. Mm, Get back in that elevator, bitch. Down you go. Go down to the bottom fucking floor. Go down to the basement. You're Satan's problem now. bright as sunlight, perfect in my eyeline, reflected halo around your soft hair in a maze of mirrors, truth told on hopeful glass. You kiss me softly as I watch so many memories of us that have yet to happen. Far in front of my eyes, I stare intently as if it will bring them closer, intently impatient, because though I know that waiting is half the game, I don't have the patience to play. I don't want to play you, but I have to, because the truth is too real and I don't want you to feel captured, so I follow directions that come from my dearest heart, finding the patience to play, finding a new version of the truth that makes you feel safe enough not to run, but not to wander either. So you know how... I mentioned a little, I think it was during the tarot reading at the start of this, this month, maybe. Anyways, I got my boyfriend something for Christmas. And I didn't say to him that that was something I was going to do. Because I wasn't, do you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't sure about it. Because it's like, I mean, you know, like, we're, we're, we're together and we're committed but I don't know if we're far enough in where we buy each other things so (laughs) I was a bit nervous about it because I was like if I do this and he freaks out and he's like whoa this is too real for me I'm out then what the fuck do I do 
especially as it's not even something I can re-gift, it's very personal to him, and so I thought, I don't want to, like, freak him out, you know, because, because, I mean, me, personally, I wouldn't get freaked out, but I know that I am not like the others, (laughs) and, like, I don't mean that in a hipster way, like, oh, I'm so different, I'm so special, I mean that in a, um, I'm weird, way and I don't really understand how other people work a lot of the time like people surprise me and sometimes I think maybe I'm I mean I know I'm intense we all know that (laughs) and so I I don't know if I you know if I if I move too quick and I scare people and but you know so I, I worry about these things. And so I had it, right? It was wrapped up in my house, little Christmas card with it. And I'm thinking, hmm. Well, I can't see him because the government won't allow it. So I have no choice but to post it to his house. So last weekend, I think it was. Yeah, last weekend I went and I posted it. Because I, I, I didn't want to leave it till the last minute. Even though I was nervous about it. I was like, look, we have to make a fucking decision here. Because the postal system is in chaos. Because everyone's posting stuff this year. And the poor post people, they've got so much work to do. And we don't want to, you know, rush them at the last minute to get something out. Let's, let's do it ahead of time. You know, try and do our bit for the, the national effort of not being a dick to the people that deliver things um so i went i went down to the post office which was chaotic by the way because listen the post office near me we used to have a lovely big post office it was fabulous we loved it and then that post office was shut and they basically just opened a post office at the back of the wh smith in town and that was a ludicrous idea i did sign a number of petitions i did write to my local mp and to a number of councillors but it still happened and that was very unfortunate um so now the post office is essentially like the back of a wh smith so oh my god it was so crowded and there was a long line and I was really stressed out and I'm standing in this line I'm stressed because when I queue up these days it's very stressful for me anyway because of the you know what running around in the air and shit and everyone it's horrible um so I'm standing there and I got my little I got my little package in my bag and I'm thinking do I send this (laughs) you know because there's a part of me that's like if I don't send it what if he thinks I don't care about him? You know? What if he thinks, oh, I thought that we were at this place and we're not there because I'm here and she's back there somewhere and, you know, she she doesn't feel the same and this is all quite shit. But then there's this other part of me that's like, what if I send this? And then he's like, oh shit, I'm way back here and she's way up there. What the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hard to know about being on the same page so I was worrying about it and I was like "Mm, do I do this do I not do this what the fuck and then it was my turn to go up to the little posting machine and I thought well well girl it's too late now we've queued for like 15 minutes and we can't just leave now I mean the person behind us is going to be pleased because then that puts them at the front of the queue but it's done the choice is made we're posting it we're doing it right so I sit there and I, I do all this stuff. Well, I don't sit there. I stand there and I'm like typing in, you know, the address and his name and what have you. And I'm like, mm, do I send it first class? Do I send it second class? And then I noticed it said <laughs> targeted delivery times. Because normally first class, I'll send it like the next day. So it gets there in like a day. But they were like, mm, it might be a day. It might be three days. We don't really know right now. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I better... I better be careful here. Let me just pick the most expensive one and hope it gets there quickly (laughs) before Christmas. Because otherwise, you know, it could be like, you know, oh shit. And then I get something from him. And then he's like, it's Christmas day. And he's like, oh, she didn't send me nothing? Well, that's rude. Wow. Wow. 
okay wow so i didn't want that so i was like okay let me make sure it gets there before christmas let's not have kerfuffles here if we're doing this we're doing it and we're getting it there on fucking time so i pick my little postage thing i stick it on my little envelope and then i take it over to the box and i'm thinking well this is it do or die bitch it's time And then something happened, okay? Something happened. I'm walking out the post office and I have my my earphones in because listening to music when I'm in crowds helps me like feel less anxious and scared. I got my earphones in, one other side. And, I, I got Bluetooth ones. They're like kind of AirPod knockoffs because I'm a cheap queen, but I like not having all the cables and shit. Anyways, anyways, um, so I'm looking at the post office and then Oh Santa comes on by Miss Mariah Carey. It was the original version, not the remake that was put out this year, which is still really good and you should definitely go stream it. But it came on that first line. I'm not going to sing it because I'm scared I might get sued and I don't want to get sued for Christmas, but go play it on, like, whatever you listen to music on and you will hear what I mean. What if I just say it really dramatically? They can't sue me. I could, I could, yeah, let's do that. Santa's going to come and make him mine this Christmas. And I just thought, wow, okay, Brian, that's a bit, wow, okay. All right, I feel like that's a sign. I put it in the post box and then immediately I hear that. Okay, cool radical nice we love to see it i suddenly i felt a bit more at ease right and then a couple days ago he texted me and he said i got some posts this morning and he had you know um you know on the emojis the one the smiling face with all the hearts on it not the heart eyes one but like the one where it's like the smiling face and he's like oh i'm so happy and, and and stuff and and romantic and and lovely it was that and i was like oh my god he's not freaked out he's not weirded out it's all fine and it was all good and so (laughs) i feel like the lesson really was girl you worry too much and i know why i do because you know i've had situations in the past where people weren't on the same page as me but i think that's the thing it's like the universe is trying to tell me yeah you had to go through all that because those were all lessons i know you didn't enjoy them and you didn't have a good time but you're on the right page now that's the right time now okay so relax have a good time don't worry it's all good it's all fabulous but I wrote that poem when I was still anxious about it and it was still in transit and the gift wasn't there yet and I didn't know what was going to happen and I was really worried. But it was fine in the end. And that's the kind of energy I like to see. What the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? County Council, who are my local council, advised people to wear masks when having friends and family over for Christmas. However, as it all turns out, none of this matters because the government have rescinded 
Christmas bubbles for a number of areas in England that now come under tier four. I mean, I just, Jesus, it was a whole mess on a Saturday. I was, <laughs> I was out, um, getting my, my groceries as I often do on a Saturday and shit was kicking off. It was crazy. The first sign of trouble was Boris Johnson announcing he was doing a press briefing that afternoon and I thought for fuck's sake what now um there was no real indication about what it was about that just a, a push notification from the BBC app on my phone and I just thought oh my god I hate it here <laughs> what does this bitch want um then about half one, more chaos ensues when Caroline Wheeler, who is the deputy political editor for the Sunday Times, tweeted this. Breaking, Christmas cancelled for London, South East and East as areas moved into new tier four with stay at home message by law. Christmas bubbles only allowed in tiers one to three on Christmas Day with stay local message. International travel not advised. Latest plan. She then tags her actual verified Twitter account because she was having to tweet this out from a burner account because she had forgotten the password to her old Twitter. So the government leaks this massive change of the rules to a journalist who cannot get into her official and recognised Twitter account, so has to set up a burner account to tweet out life-changing news to millions of people. Because that's where we are now, you know, that that's... <laughs> um, other journalists, you know, they looked into it and they managed to confirm... Yes, this is actually from Caroline Wheeler, who is this deputy political editor. Um, so this news is probably legit. I know it looks like it's just a random troll account, but it actually is her. She's forgotten her password for her actual Twitter. I just, I mean. So then Boris goes on TV late as usual which considering how all this was leaked and what was leaked it's a bit just the fucking audacity of it really for him to be late after everything i <laughs> my god um So, I mean, there's chaos all over social media because people are freaking out. They're not sure what's going to happen. They're not sure if this journalist is telling the truth. They don't know what the fuck is going on on this day. Boris is late. He finally turns up in the end and he confirms it. There are a number of areas moving into tier four from midnight Sunday and people in tier four must stay at home, apart from a small number of exceptions. Um, essential shops stay open, but everything else closes. And no Christmas bubbles. You cannot mix with anyone outside of your immediate household for Christmas. Tier one to three still get the Christmas plan, but only for the 25th of December. Specifically, there is no travel or mixing permitted outside of that um, and the reason given was that there is a new strain of COVID-19 that is spreading very quickly and is apparently 70% more infectious. There, there are some people that don't believe about this new strain. Me personally, I do think that they're telling the truth however I feel like they knew before this weekend 
and I say that because Matt Hancock was discussing this new scary strain last week when he when he did his little press conference and he was talking about oh we're bringing in mass testing to schools and we're putting London in tier three because of this scary new strain in the southeast so they knew that this new strain was causing a rise in cases they knew that before but they kept saying no 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 the Christmas plan is still on you can still mix a Christmas don't worry it's all good it's all fine. You've still got five days where you can mix with other households. It's going to be fabulous. We're all going to have a very Merry Christmas. In fact, at Prime Minister's Questions this week, Keir Starmer asked about this very thing. He said, look, cases are rising. The numbers are fucking terrifying. Are you sure? Are you sure that this Christmas plan is a good idea? And Boris Johnson got in a strop and was like, oh, you're trying to cancel Christmas, Keir Starmer. Oh, you're such a bastard. It would be inhuman to cancel Christmas. Oh, you're such a bastard, Keir Starmer, you fucking communist. Well, well, well. Surprise, fucking surprise. Christmas is, to all intents and purposes, uh, cancelled, in a sense, for millions of people now. Now, there are a lot of people who are playing fucking semantics and be like, oh, well, Christmas isn't cancelled. The 25th of December still exists. But, like, sure, that is true. But people had plans which are now cancelled. People spent hundreds of pounds making those plans happen and those plans are now cancelled. So, to all intents and purposes, for a lot of people, Christmas is actually cancelled, Right? And I get it. It's a pandemic. It's unprecedented. We're all having to make sacrifices. But the government didn't need to dangle false hope in front of people only to take it away at the last minute. That is cruel. What they have done is horrifically cruel. It was needless because they knew about this strain before now. They knew it was causing a rise in cases. They knew that. But Boris Johnson wanted to try and remain popular and make people like him and now he's backed himself into a corner and he's had to change everything but it didn't have to be like this if he had spoken to people like grown-ups if he had enough respect for the public to say look there's a new strain cases are rising i'm sorry but we're gonna have to restrict this mixing or cancel it altogether and if he'd have told people before now I feel like people would have been more accepting and if he had told people without leaking it to a journalist who didn't even have access to her twitter account and had to make a fucking burner account to tell people which caused way more confusion and panic people would have accepted it if he had have done it properly and respectfully and before now if he didn't for example when they when they had the press briefing and they put london into tier three if they'd have made that choice then to say no christmas mixing i feel like it would have gone down a lot better than it did because you know this is the last weekend before christmas and he does it like when a lot of people would have finished shopping, you know, it, 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 it's a fact. A lot of people go shopping last weekend before Christmas because a lot of employers will pay their staff around that time so that they can go and do their Christmas shopping. So you have people that have gone out and spent hundreds on food and presents and, and all the other stuff that goes with it, which is essentially going to go to waste now. Um, I've seen quite a lot of people talking about how they had been self-isolating for the weeks leading up to it because the government told them to and said if you're going to go and mix with people self-isolate first so they've essentially wasted days and days of their lives sat at home when they could have been doing other stuff if they had known that these plans would be cancelled uh there are people that have paid out hundreds of pounds for private covid testing because the government said you should probably get a covid test before you go so that you know you're not taking any infection with you and so people have paid out for private testing because you couldn't get them through the government for this purpose. And that money's wasted too. Because they didn't need the test in the end. Because they're not going anywhere. And this could have been avoided. All that expense that people have, have paid out could have been avoided had the government been honest and said, look, 
I know that you want us to say that you can go and you can see your friends and your family and you can have fun. But realistically, it's not going to happen. If they'd have said that before this point, before people spent hundreds, in some cases, thousands of pounds, before people bought train tickets, plane tickets, uh, you know, before all that, even if it had been last week during this little press briefing where London went into tier three and Matt Hancock said, it's all gone to shit in the schools, but we're still not closing them. Even at that point, it could have saved people a lot. And, but of course, this is the British government, so that's just not going to happen, is it? Um, you know, so that was, that was great. That was a moment. I, I, I understand the change in the rules and the restrictions. I get it. It's not pleasant, but I understand. Um, but it's the way that people were told at the last minute when they had got their hopes up, when they had spent lots and lots of money. Um, it, it's just, it's needlessly cruel to do that to people they should have been honest from the beginning even if they'd have just said at the beginning because they they announced this christmas bubble nonsense in november if they'd have said at the time that it was conditional it was conditional on you know the amount of cases on hospital capacity whatever it needed to be if they'd have been honest with people and explained that at the time and not just lied and said, yes, 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 you can have Christmas, it's fine. And then spent weeks and weeks, anytime anyone asked about it, getting uppity and saying, oh, you want to cancel Christmas, you're a Grinch and you're a communist and you're a terrible person and you hate Britain and you hate the troops and you hate the Queen, you bastard. If they'd actually been honest with people and said, look, we'd like for this to happen, but if cases rise and it becomes too dangerous, we can't do it. People would have understood what is happening now people would have been more accepting of it but it's the fact that the government went on and on and on about how it was definitely happening and it's definitely not going to change and they're definitely not going to rescind this and you can definitely have Christmas with your family and it's all going to be fabulous and then for people to have that taken away from them at the last minute the, the morale is is on the floor and descending through the floor to hell like it's it's gone it's it's done and it didn't have to be like that if the government were focused more on on being the fucking government and not worrying about being liked not worrying about boris and his ego and were actually worried about being honest and being real with people this all could have been avoided but they fucked that now so that's great um during the, the press conference, I took questions and there was a question from a lady called Laura. Um, she asked about people who are clinically vulnerable, also known as people who are shielding, um, being asked to work um, at the moment, especially with this new, um, this new strain that is more infectious. And... Boris Johnson, he did not know what to say. She said about how two of her family have died from COVID and that people who are supposed to be shielding because they're clinically vulnerable are still being made to go to work, even in areas with the most severe restrictions because they have the most infections, are still being made to work. And Boris just said, oh, you, sh you shouldn't have to work. And it's like, well... <laughs> Whose fault is it that she does? You're the prime minister, right? All this shit goes through you. The fact of the matter is, the legislation, when it comes to people who are clinically vulnerable, is not strong enough to protect them. Because all of it is essentially advisory. It's all nice, nice language, you know, to employers. Oh, if you can, you should allow your staff to work from home if they're clinically vulnerable. If you can, you should allow, you know, you should make accommodations. And so employers don't actually have to do it. And so there are a number of employers that are still forcing clinically vulnerable people to go to work. And these people don't have a choice because they need money. 
because you need money to survive in this society. So they don't have a choice. They have to still go to work. They have to put themselves in that danger. And Boris Johnson seems to have only just realised this is happening, which I don't buy because there are a number of campaigns by people who are shielding, raising awareness of the fact that they are being forced to go to work and they are being bullied and intimidated by their employers and manipulated into going to work in dangerous conditions. It's not, it's not a new thing that people didn't know about. And, and I find it hard to believe he had no idea this was happening. I think he just never thought that he would have to confront this issue live, which probably explains his sort of bashful, bumbling response. He, he never imagined he'd have to actually answer that question. And it it just hit him like a train. He was like, oh, God, uh, what do I say? Oh, my God. You could see him, like, looking around, like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. What is this? Being held accountable for my actions? No one explained that this would happen if I was prime minister. This is fucked up. Well, guess what, bitch? <laughs> guess what, bitch? <laughs> it's time. So shout out to Laura. Um, What just and she she's great we love her what an amazing woman um oh my god so schools schools let's think about this um so now we know that the government knew about this strain and they knew that it was spreading a lot and that it was spreading very quickly a lot of people are pointing out how fucked up it is that the Department of Education was threatening schools with legal action when they wanted to switch to online teaching for the last few days of this term. It's very, it's very fucked. Um, you know, the schools were right. The local authorities were right. It would have been a good choice. And now it's too late. And of course, now schools have the extra added stress of having to set up mass testing schemes for the new year with basically no notice. They were basically told at the end of this week, get it set up for January because it's happening. And so the staff in schools, they have no support here, no help. Because the Department of Education has once again fucked up. Because the whole British government is fucked up. Zach Goldsmith, uh, an absolute catastrophe of a man. Uh, oh, God. You know who I can't stand? This bitch and his audacity. Zach Goldsmith, by the way... <laughs> Um, if you weren't aware, uh, he, he was the guy, he ran against Sadiq Khan for London mayor and his whole campaign was very, very racist, very, very Islamophobic and he lost, which is great news. Uh, he's now in the House of Lords being a pain in the arse. Um, and he had this to say about people's reactions to the announcements at the weekend. The mean-mindedness of so many on Twitter is just so grim and depressing. What this PM is facing today is tougher and no doubt more painful than almost any PM in history. These people who pretend they can't understand that policies change when facts change or who attribute demented conspiracy theories to lockdown or who sit around sniping 24-7... We can't go out, mate. What else do you expect us to do? Can you imagine if they and Twitter had been around at the start of World War II? <laughs> oh, and there was another one from Deanna Davidson this morning. She said... She was responding to Keir Starmer, his tweet. He, Keir Starmer said, Millions will be heartbroken by this news, having their Christmas plans ripped up with less than a week's notice. At this time of national crisis, the British people want clear, decisive leadership. 
all we get from Boris Johnson is confusion and indecision. And she said, what we saw last night was decisive leadership. Truly strong leadership is doing what is right, even when it's hard, even when it won't make you popular. The luxury labour in opposition have is not actually having to take any tough decisions while yelling from the sidelines. Listen here, sweetie. <laughs> the delusion of these Tories just like simping for Boris on an unprecedented level. I'm sick of this whole excuse of it's unprecedented. He's going through a really rough time. Boo hoo, bitch. So, so are every leader, literally all the leaders, all of them. They're all going through some shit. But let me tell you something. A lot of them are doing a lot better than he is. Why? Because he's a fucking moron. Okay? Decisive leadership would have been not making promises he couldn't keep. Right? Nobody made him promise people that they could have their Christmas plans. He didn't have to do that. Decisive leadership would have been not making false promises, giving people false hope. It would have been being honest with people and saying, this is conditional. It might not happen. It's dependent on case rates and hospital capacity and and whatever else is needed to make these decisions, right? Decisive leadership would also have been telling people the moment that he knew cases were rising, that their plans would change and not waiting for them to spend hundreds of pounds on stuff they couldn't use, especially at a time when a lot of people don't have spare money right now. I, I mean, it's all good for her. She's still getting all of her wages all the year through. There's a lot of people that that doesn't apply to. There are people, you know, it's, I mean, a lot of people, they'll say people on furlough just sat at home all summer and they got like loads of money. They still got 80% of their wages and they still had to pay a lot of things. You know, I mean, people with mortgages got mortgage holidays, but people who rented didn't. People who rented still had to pay the fucking rent. You still have to pay for food. It's not free. You still have to pay for heating and, and electric. It's not free. You have to pay your water bill. It's not free, you know? So the costs still add up, especially to people on low incomes um, who were furloughed, which a lot of them were. A lot of people in hospitality, a lot of people in retail were furloughed. And 80% of your wages does not go far when you are working for the minimum fucking wage, so for a lot of those people, what they have spent on a Christmas they now cannot have could be life changing. Like, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm just being real. That's a lot of fucking money. And it's all good for her to sit there and say, oh, you know, stop whinging at Boris. He's doing his best. Well, his best isn't fucking good enough. He's the prime minister. He's not my friend. I don't have to coddle him. I don't vote for the bitch, but he works for me. He works for all of us. And if I'm telling him it's not good enough, then I'm not going to have some, some uppity little girl sit there and tell me that I'm wrong for that. These people need to get some fucking perspective. People are hurting. People are going through some shit. And he is partly to blame here because he should have been honest with people instead of worrying about being liked. I am tired of this, oh, poor Boris, he's going through such a hard time. Everything's so unprecedented. Oh my God, there's been nothing like this. Boo-hoo. I mean, do you see Emmanuel Macron crying? Do you see Angela Merkel crying and, and looking for sympathy and having all their little outriders go out there and put up some little sympathy narrative? No. Do you see, do you see people like Jacinda Ardern, who's doing a great job, as we can see? New Zealand are living their best lives right now because she did what it took. And she didn't worry about looking good. She didn't worry about being popular. She didn't worry about being everyone's friend. She just did what she had to do. And she didn't make excuses. Every leader will make mistakes. But it's whether they hold themselves accountable or whether they pretend like you should hold their hand and tell them, oh, it's all right. 
it's okay. Because these mistakes can lead to huge losses. There are tens of thousands of people that have died across the UK. And Boris Johnson is a part of that. You know, locking down too late, opening up too early, fucking allowing his psychotic, batshit insane chancellor to encourage people to go out and spread the shit around restaurants for a 50% discount. None of this, like, people didn't make him do any of this. He did it himself. He didn't have to give people false hope so that they would like him, but he did. He didn't have to allow billions to be spent on track and trace systems that don't work and PPE contracts that never really went anywhere. He did that himself. We didn't make him do that. So I don't have to feel sorry for him. And I won't feel sorry for him. And I won't have people whose lives are still comfortable, whose lives have not really been all that much affected by all this, telling me that I'm a bad person for being angry with the British government. Because I am. I really fucking am. And I will not have this... Mm. I'm trying to be nice. (laughs) I know it sounds like I'm not, but I am. (laughs) I could have said way worse about her. Anyways, um, during the press briefing, Chris Whitty, our little goth king, he was asked about what people, what he would say to people who were packing their bags and had just suddenly had their plans cancelled. And he said, unpack that bag and stay home. We love a blunt king. Anyways, a lot of people did not listen. Um... There were absolute fucking scenes. Uh, There was a lot of videos and pictures on social media of a lot of the big uh, train stations in London. Very, very crowded. People rushing to get on last trains, going places. Um, It's complicated because I do think it's a bad decision. But I do... I understand. I don't condone it, but I understand. Um, I mean, me personally, I I don't have plans to cancel. I was planning to just stay in my house and not go to see other people or have other people here to see me, um, which was disappointing in its own way. Um, you know, having that conversation with my family, you know, with my mum, with my grandparents and saying, OK, we're not going to do it this year. Um, and we made that decision um, back when this super plan from the government was announced initially. And we said, look, even if they say that we can, it's probably not safe. We'll see each other soon. I don't know when, but soon. Um so I'm not in a position where my plans have changed, but I do empathise with people who are in that position and I do understand, you know, I haven't seen a lot of the people that I care about for a very long time and I do understand why they would feel drawn to um, to be with them, even if the government says no. However, I don't feel it is the most responsible thing to have done, especially as from the information we've been given, this strain that is the big danger has not as of yet really moved far outside of sort of the southeast and bits of the east. So I do feel that that is something people should be considering if they decide to just go ahead with what they're doing anyway. To be honest, I think that there are going to be quite a lot of people that do just go and do what they want because they, they've they got it into their heads that they're going. And I think for a lot of people, they can't take the idea of not going. Um, it's complicated because I, I feel like I can't really... I can't really judge people too harshly because I already got myself in a place of saying I'm not going. I'm not going to see people. I'm I'm going to be 
just staying at home and so I had a long time to get used to that as an idea this is something that they're they're just sort of coming to within a few hours you know um so I think it's it's more complicated than some are willing to admit um especially the government because Matt Hancock threw a a tantrum about it this morning um and he said those people were irresponsible and he was talking all his shit but I feel the government does have to share some responsibility because they have to an extent driven people to this by getting it in their heads that they can have this this break from the restrictions and they can see people and then snatching it away at the last minute um they should have known that this would happen really which is why they should have given people a lot more notice because they did know that this plan wouldn't be able to happen and yet they kept telling people it would and so they can't really be surprised when people just go places (laughs) I mean um Rishi Sunak our beloved beloved chancellor of the exchequer has been at it again i just want to remind people who thought of him as a savior earlier in the year this man is and has always been awful um he said this i feel good about the bounce back i think people have been sitting at home building up some savings hopefully and we would like to go and spend them when we get back So he's basically saying anyone that has built up savings throughout this time, which realistically is not going to actually be that many people, should go and spend for Britain. Fuck off, mate. Literally fuck off. (laughs) Fuck the fuck off. And when you get there, fuck off some more, mate. People don't exist to prop up the economy And people have been through some of the worst shit this year. And all you can think of is get back out there and spend my little lemmings. Go fuck yourself, mate. Seriously. Go fuck yourself. Because... (laughs) Some people have lost everything this year, you know. There are people that have lost their homes... People that have lost jobs, businesses, people that have lost people close to them. And all this man can think about is, please go out and spend some pennies. Fuck off, mate. It's so tone deaf. You know, this is a guy who has more money than he will ever know what to do with. This is a man who couldn't be asked to help many industries and many workers. This is a man who happily let three million people be excluded from the support schemes. And still, even after he's had months to deal with it, has done fuck all about it. And and that's what he has to say to people. Please go out and spend money. Fuck off, you awful, dreadful man. Life gets so lonely, don't you think? When all you are is a self-aware worker bee, taking each one of your gifts, letting them fall off a cliff into a blender, tornado made of torment, because the world goes round and round and you just never notice. I suppose the night will fall as it's supposed to, and the sky will never be particularly spectacular, and I'll watch Paddington under a blanket, wondering why it's such a chore to manage anything at all. The roses I would buy every weekend of the winter remind me that beautiful things can still be born in the harshest conditions. They are blooming just out of reach when I'm falling asleep between 4 and 6 a.m. or p.m. Either way, it takes far longer than it used to.
that originally just started as me rambling about how the Paddington films are sometimes my only, um, my only comfort in the harshness of life. Have you seen the Paddington films? They're very good. Paddington 2 is on on Christmas Eve on BBC One, I believe. Um, you should definitely watch them. They're lovely, lovely films. I truly believe Paddington is the greatest thing to have ever come from this hell island that I find myself on. Um, apart from shortbread and Highland cows, they're very cute. I'm obsessed with them. I look at them sometimes on Google Images and I just think, I want loads of you guys to be my friends and we'll be like a squad and it'll be really cute and fun. And fabulous. Um, wait, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so <laughs> Paddington, like the Paddington films are like one of my comfort films. Um, all the Bridget Jones films as well. Um, I, have a, I have a new comfort film that I discovered last year. I saw it at the cinema and there was like no one else there except me. Uh, it's called Weathering With You, and I was obsessed with it. I I bought it recently on, on like, Amazon so I could watch it again. And I cried again, and I was like, oh my god, I love this film so much, oh my god. Um, but I accidentally bought the, the English dub, because when I saw it in the cinema, it was the Japanese version. <laughs> but it's okay, because, like, it's still really good. But I remember when I went to go and see it, I was really sad for some reason, and I don't remember why. But when I came out, I just felt very hopeful and happy. And that's how I feel after what I watch all my comfort films. Um, when I was really sad over the summer, there was one night in July where it was like the worst time. And I cried and I cried. And I sat in my garden, chain smoking and crying. Um, and I had some cider, which arguably made it worse. And then it was about four in the morning. And I just went up to bed and I put on Bridget Jones' diary. And I cried all the way through it, even at the happy bits. But after, at the end, I just felt like a little bit better. Um, I really hope next summer's going to be better. I want to do fun stuff, like go to the beach and... Go to fun parties at the Blackpool Tower and listen to Northern Soul. I smoke cigarettes on the steps outside. And I want to go for ice cream. And I want to make friends with a family of foxes. And I want to reach at least fluency in Scottish Gaelic. Those are the things that I'm thinking about as well that keep me sort of present and ongoing and the tyranny of life. I like to buy flowers. I like to plant poppies a lot. Um, One day I want a whole big garden full of them just like you know, poppies as far as the eye can see, like like in that bit in Wizard of Oz where there's just poppies everywhere. I really like roses. I mean, I liked them before just fine, but I like them more now. I want, I want lots of them mixed in with the poppies just everywhere. But I, I buy myself roses sometimes just to have them. Um... And I just look at them and I feel happier. I put them in between my honey jars. Because I always have one or two. Just to make the world a little sweeter and to make, you know, life a little bit less troubling and bitter. And I look at those roses and I think, 
maybe it's not all so bad after all. Thank you for listening to Sincerely Jennifer with me, Jennifer Wan. If you want to find more of my work, you can on my website, jenniferwan.com, or you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Reddit, SoundCloud, and pretty much every social media website ever with the username, Miss J Squared. Thank you to my amazing top tier Patreon supporters, 